It's actually the core element of sustainable forest management that we try to find a balanced way for a society how to go forward and not just to freeze something or to go backwards. And that's a serious, difficult task. But that's actually exactly what PFC want to do, to be a dialogue platform for different stakeholder groups, to find solutions, to find ideas, to find concepts, to find visions how to manage forests, how to use a forest for different purposes in society, how to live with forests. And that's for me always very important. Hello, I'm Claire Bennett, host of the Original Thinkers podcast, where we take a deeper dive into what it takes to have an original thought, the impact of it and how it endures over time. At a time when original thinking could not be more important, I'll be talking to some of our country's leading minds about their creative process and about how creativity can improve lives and make a meaningful difference. On today's episode, I speak with Michael Berger, Secretary General and CEO of the PEFC Alliance. Michael has over 20 years of experience in environmental and quality management, sustainable supply chain development and management systems. Following studies in economics and a PhD in forestry, Michael served as a technical expert for accreditation bodies at a leading sustainability consultancy in Germany. He was also a lecturer in corporate social responsibility at the School of Forestry and Sustainable Resource Management at the Technical University in Munich. So, Michael, you're coming to us today from Switzerland, but I'm starting to get the impression that you're not in one place (laughs) for very long. So, you obviously do a great deal of travel in your role. So, where is home? Well, main home is southern Germany, close to Stuttgart in a small town. There's my home office. There's my family. I live partially in France. Our headquarters is in Geneva, so I live in France very close to Geneva. And of course, in this function, I'm traveling a lot. Like just a few weeks ago, Australia, New Zealand, Tasmania, great experiences. And so we were obviously thrilled that you were able to come to Tasmania. We were hoping we could have actually done this in person when you were here, but you obviously had a pretty hectic schedule, as I'm sure you do when you're traveling around the world. So to begin with, what does PEFC stand for and what does it do? Well, the abbreviation PFC is for Program for the Endorsement of Forest Certification. I always have to recap that myself (laughs) since I'm a bit familiar with PFC since the beginning. And at the beginning, when it started in 1998, it had a different meaning. So it changed a bit and today's meeting is pretty artificial. It was just to keep the abbreviation running without the need to change So that means we are an umbrella organization. PFC is an association according to Swiss law. We provide on the international level so-called benchmark standards, how to manage forests sustainably on a global level. And our national members like Responsible Wood in Australia, they implement those international benchmarks in the national context so that forest owners have the chance to operate according to these standards on the national level and get a certificate if they pass an audit successfully. Chain of custody companies, of course, companies in the supply chain between the forest and the customer can be certified as well according to a so-called chain of custody standard. And 
have the right to use the PFC label and to make PFC claims. So it's a very technical instrument actually supporting a great purpose, climate change mitigation, biodiversity, all these things are actually more important in the forest than the certification as such. Certification, what PFC offers, is actually just at the very end of such a process, the technical evidence that people manage their forests sustainably. And so how are those standards then developed and are they monitored and updated and changed over time to be in line with best practice and our best knowledge internationally about how to manage forests sustainably? Yeah, that's a key point of the whole system. So we have a multi-stakeholder process behind the standard development that's relevant for the international level as well as for the national level. So Responsible Wood in Australia, for example, they have to set up a, a stakeholder group, a standard development group in close cooperation. And that's very specific for Australia with Australian standards. So with the official standard setting organization in Australia. The multi-stakeholder group is very important for PFC based on Agenda 21 categorization so that lots of different groups are represented. The second key element is consensus. We are working consensus-based. That means nobody in this group should dominate somebody else or not one group in this group should dominate another group. And the third aspect, what you already uh, mentioned, we have a requirement that the standards shall be reviewed at the latest after five years. If necessary, they shall be revised after this review. Of course, based on recent scientific elements, uh, scientific developments, changes in society, in perspective on forests. Of course, today people talk very differently about climate change than 10 years ago. So it has, a, although forests, Management always was climate change mitigation, even 10 years ago, but today it has a different meaning. So you will find different wording, different requirements in a today's standard compared to a standard 10 years ago. I was absolutely going to talk to you about that a little bit later on in the interview, but I'll get straight to it now because I think the climate change element is so relevant and so interesting. There are certainly some who push for a reduction or in some cases an end to native forest harvesting, even if it is certified as being sustainable. And they claim climate change as being the key reason for that. I had actually read a fabulous statement and bear with me while I try and pronounce his name because this is not from my part of the word, but Hans Joachim Schellenhuber who's the Director Emeritus of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research. And he had produced an article in 2020 in Nature Sustainability and he said, trees offer us a technology of unparalleled perfection. They take CO2 out of our atmosphere and smoothly transform it into oxygen for us to breathe and carbon in their trunks for us to use. There's no safer way of storing carbon I can think of Societies have made good use of wood for buildings for many centuries, yet now the challenge of climate stabilisation calls for a very serious upscaling. If we engineer the wood into modern building materials and smartly manage harvest and construction, we humans can build ourselves a safe home on earth. And I just thought, you know, the hair stands up on your arms when you read that. It's quite a powerful statement. Do you agree with that statement that if forests are managed sustainably, that we should be utilising them so that we can absorb 
and take carbon out of the atmosphere and store it in the built environment. That's a statement from this guy where you cannot add anything more. It's great. And I personally, I fully agree with what he's saying. And I guess I can also say that this reflects a bit PFC's perspective on forest management and how to live as society in 2023. And there are, of course, very different perspectives on that. You just mentioned it at the beginning. And we have seen the example in Victoria. They announced ending of use of forests by the end of this year. Well, that's up to the people who have to decide that. And if they consider it as useful, then it's a decision. But you also refer to, to architects and to buildings. You know, it's incredible to have a material, timber, that you can use for buildings in construction in different ways. And during this Australia trip, I started in New Zealand and visited this science center. And this center, their building was awarded by PFC uh, with the best use of certified timber price just one and a half year ago. But when you see such buildings, it's incredible. And they will be there still in 50 years, in 80 years, in 90 years. And if we need a smart concept to get rid of CO2 in the atmosphere, in not in 50 years, but tomorrow in the next years, then we need smart concepts for forest management and use of forest management. And I'm not sure whether not using forests anymore is, uh, it, it might have advantages for specific purposes. And maybe our later generations in 500 years consider us as totally crazy that we cut trees and use timber. But from a today's perspective, I don't see a better alternative. I mean, I've obviously read very widely on this because of the industry that I work within. And what I read is that it's not enough anymore for us just to stop or lower our emissions because they've already gone too far. What we need to do now is actually absorb some and store it somewhere. We actually need to be removing carbon from the atmosphere. And we're out there everywhere looking for ways to go about doing that. And it's just, we've got this incredible technology, for want of a better word, growing that does it perfectly and seamlessly and doesn't need any intervention other than to obviously manage it in a sustainable way, which is what that beautiful quote that I just read is saying. It's like we don't need to look any further. They're perfectly designed to absorb carbon from the atmosphere. And then if we use them correctly in the built environment, store carbon for what can be quite a long time. And so 50%, I think, of the dry weight of timber is carbon. And then, of course, if we use that instead of more carbon-intensive materials in the built environment, like concrete and steel and so on, we actually can have a very significant impact. And so it was just, it was interesting, as you quite rightly said, the Victorian industry is going to cease its native forest harvesting in, I think, January next year. And one of the reasons that you hear people talk about why that should be done is for climate change purposes. But even if you speak to or look at the quotes that come out of the IPCC, which are the world's leading scientists who've been sort of brought together to advise us on what to do about climate change, they all say sustainably managed forests are absolutely part of the solution. In most parts of this world, in modern society with lots of activities, lots of people, lots of economy, lots of 
service areas. And it's for me, and I clearly say I don't want to play any people with this when and I can understand and I'm very keen to learn from other people. But for me, it's almost a bit naive to sometimes to say we stop this, we don't do this anymore, because this has consequences. So I guess I don't need to start counting the jobs which will be lost in Victoria because of this decision to stop harvesting. I was just at a reception of BWI, it's the umbrella organization of workers union globally. And I had a great conversation with a BWI representative about climate justice. So to consider aspects in climate change mitigation, which go a bit further than just freezing a specific CO2 status, maybe, but going much further, considering other aspects, even, yeah, it's actually the core element of sustainable forest management that we try to find a balanced way for a society, how to go forward and not just to freeze something or to go backwards. And that's a serious, difficult task to go ahead with something like this. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, the outcomes, as you say, of making decisions, sometimes it's couched in that, oh, jobs versus environment. And in this case, it's really not the counterbalance. In this case, it is on a massive macro level, a decision about the balances and the impacts that that has on climate change and those challenges that we're facing. So I think that the key thing is that people want to understand that if they're utilising timber from a certified forest, that they can be satisfied that they're not doing anything that's causing environmental harm. You know, there's obviously always going to be an impact, but significant environmental harm. So can consumers and architects be comfortable that if a forest is certified under PEFC, that it is being done in an environmentally sensitive way and they can confidently go and buy that product knowing that they're doing the right thing? Yes, uh, a clear yes. That's the purpose of the whole exercise, that the system is giving confidence to the consumer, whether it's the end consumer or a commercial consumer in business, to give confidence and you said doing no harm. We clearly say we do not just want to do no harm. We want to positively support ecosystems or the forest management, biodiversity. And of course, there are discussions whether sustainable forest management is sufficient to guarantee biodiversity. But that's actually a, a, exactly one of the key points what PFC want to do, to be a dialogue platform for different stakeholder groups to find solutions, to find ideas, to find concepts, to find visions, how to manage forests, how to use forests, how to live with forests. And that's for me always very important, this last word, how to live with forests. It's not just a question of using it for harvesting. It's going to a walk in the forest. I'm German. I made my PhD at the German Forestry University. And in these universities, you learn a lot about multi-purpose forestry. So to use a forest for different purposes in society, and that's actually a bit behind PFC's ideas. And it's a great tool to develop our culture, to develop our well-being, uh, going far beyond just use of timber. And that's certainly very much the case here in Tasmania. So it's always been about multiple use forests and the management of forests for varying needs, whether it be just getting out into nature, whether it be mountain biking, bushwalking, four-wheel driving, whatever, 
And often it is within the public managed forest that we have better access through well-maintained roads and you've got more options within a public forest necessarily than what you have in a reserved area where the restrictions on what you can do there perhaps more limit your activities to a certain point. I wanted to ask you, because I think often there is some confusion around the fact that there are two major certification schemes in the world, so PEFC that we've been speaking about, but also FSC. Can you tell me a little bit about the differences between the two? Because I think that this can be a bit of a stumbling block for some timber specifiers, particularly because they have in their mind that perhaps one is better than the other and often a policy even that says we'll only utilise timber that comes from a particular or is certified under a particular scheme. So I think it's interesting perhaps just to explore the differences if you can for those listeners. Yeah, that's a challenging question <laughs> or a challenging task. Since, of course, I, I guess it's clear that I'm not neutral in, in such yes, a... Yes, that's fair. ...continuation of this, <laughs> such a um, at, at the end of the day, of course, it's a consumer decision. Uh, it's a decision of people buying products, whether they have preference for one or the other label, and that's something that needs to be respected. And I would never go beyond that. Maybe just mentioning a key difference, what PFC is usually saying, or where we are even a little bit proud, and you have the example in Australia with responsible wood, that's the PFC bottom-up approach. That means uh, we, we are organized in a way that PFC comes to life through national initiatives, through national organizations, we call them national governing bodies who work with local stakeholders as an independent, legally independent organization with all authorities that a legal entity has in the different countries. And those stakeholders are responsible for the implementation of these international umbrella standards. So it's a high authority, responsibility, flexibility for the national members, for local people, under the PFC umbrella, so enabling these global trade flows, but having this national competence, national process. And that's something that in a world where we have so many different forests, so many different conditions, ecologically, socially, it's a key element. It's actually the basic element. I guess I can say that's the basic element in PFC's DNA. There are a few technical differences, of course, as well, how the schemes are organized, how decision processes are going, how auditing processes are going. And, and again, I think the, the key thing here is that both are robust systems and provided that a forest is certified to that international standard, whichever one it is, then consumers can be confident that they're making a sustainable choice. Yeah, here I have a very clear view and make very clear statements. In the international discussions, PFC is oftentimes considered as just second best or emergency solution. If you can't get FSC, then go to PFC because they take you. Uh, that's nonsense. We have evidence for that. The forest certification systems are globally assessed by different organizations on a regular basis. So one example that we typically use is the so-called TPEC assessment. TPEC is a Dutch organization, and it's a bit funny uh, because the Netherlands, it's a country with a very little forest, with not 
that many trees. I usually I make the jokes in the Netherlands. They, they know each tree by name. <laughs> and even my Dutch colleagues uh, agree on that. And don't blame me if I make this joke. But that's actually not key. The key is that this TPEC has an influence on global timber flows. If you don't pass this TPEC assessment, then as a forest certification system, you are in trouble globally. And we got in the recent assessment, in the last assessment, 2020, the highest scope. We got full score in all criteria. So there is nothing to blame from, from their perspective. And for us, a good tool to show from an independent, even very critical organization that it's not always super fair to consider PFC just as second best option. Brilliant. That was really what I wanted to understand because I think in some ways it is slightly better known perhaps in Australia. And there are times when I have heard architects talk about having a preference perhaps for FSC over PFC, but I think they're starting to really understand now that it's just about having, as long as the timber is certified, then they understand that they're making a sustainable choice, which is the key thing. It is nice to be able to talk about the differences between the schemes, sort of to demystify that a little bit. What would you say to a timber specifier who had a preference? I mean, I know you said a minute ago, you certainly wouldn't blame anyone for making one decision over another, but if it's based on environmental or sustainability grounds, what would your message be to anyone who thought perhaps they needed to be choosing one over the other? I have a very simple message in that case. Please contact our market engagement team and they will provide lots of information for you that you can also use with your customers to show that PFC makes sense or is at least equal. You know, PFC material is very well available. You can get it globally. We have the largest resource base globally with around 300 million hectares certified. So PFC material is available. It's a key element for user in construction, but also in other sectors. Uh, FSC material is more difficult to, to get. So that's a, a simple market argument. We're talking about then sustainability aspects. Uh, what I just said, if you buy responsible wood labeled material, you have the guarantee that it's a national initiative behind that, that it's not the CEO in Geneva or the board somewhere else uh, dictating how to use the label, how to use the, the, this whole system. It's done by Australian people. That's, of course, also an important element from my perspective. And so, Michael, you were recently in Tasmania, you said. Did you get out into the forest? What, what was your trip here? Unfortunately, in Tasmania, I was not in the forest. I was only there for one and a half day. I was sad when I left Tasmania. I actually feel pretty, pretty sad not to be there for a longer time or to, to understand and learn more specifically about Tasmanian forests, but even more important about Tasmanian people. Usually I'm happy when I start traveling in the direction to Europe to go home. So that was a bit special. I've seen a few forests in Australia, in the mainland, very impressive from a European perspective, uh, very different than in Europe. And that's for me one of the most exciting elements of my job or the activities that PFC as an organization is doing that we try to develop a common understanding for those differences so that we try to 
mitigate understandings and totally different views on forests and how to use forests and in with which harvesting cycles, for example, that's one of the most simple ones, very different in different countries. And just to raise awareness for these differences globally, that's exciting. Very much love to have you back. Tasmania is a very welcoming place. You're not the first person to come here and wish that they had, wish that they'd booked to stay for quite a bit longer. Michael, is there anything else that you would like to share with us about PFC and your role in forest management in the world and perhaps the future and where you see that going? Yeah, th- thanks for this question. I will repeat something that I just touched in, in one word. My understanding that I want to bring to this organization or to strengthen in the organization in my role is to offer a dialogue platform for people, to offer a dialogue platform between very different organizations, very different people, very different understandings, how to deal with forests and trying to find a a way forward, How not maybe a solution. Solution sounds already very technically a common cultural understanding, how to operate with such a sensitive ecosystem that's actually the basis for our survival. And dialogue platform, dialogue platform, dialogue platform, and having a dialogue with the different people. And it is, as as we talked about earlier, forests are incredibly important to life on this planet. They can be incredibly useful and part of the solution to our current climate issues if done correctly and sustainably. And it is amazing to have organisations that are looking at it with a global perspective and helping nations to navigate how to live with, utilise and make the best of forests. Thank you so much, Michael, for your time. It has been incredibly insightful for me and I'm sure for the people who listen to the podcast. And thank you for making the time from the other side of the world in what I know is a very busy schedule to come and talk to us about PEFC. Thank you very much for your time, for your questions, for the discussion, for the conversation. Thank you very much for organising this. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Make sure to check out the show notes at originalthinkers.com.au where you'll find further information and links to everything we talked about on today's episode. Thanks also to the sponsors of this episode, Original Tasmanian Timber. Make sure to visit tasmaniantimber.com.au, the ultimate resource for architects, designers and anyone interested in local, sustainable and beautiful timbers. And McKay Timber. McKay Timber is a major manufacturer and supplier to the Tasmanian, Australian and international marketplace. For 75 years, McKay Timber has been 100% Tasmanian family owned and operated. Visit mckaytimber.com.au. And finally, thank you for joining me. Join me next time when I speak with James Fitzpatrick, founder of the architectural firm Fitzpatrick and Partners. One of the things I'm really keen on is looking at different levels of housing. How do we start to solve our housing shortage problems in Australia? Be clear, that's a worldwide problem. But how do we do it in a smart way, doing beautiful homes for people, but at different tiers that they can afford? So in some ways, stop talking about it and time to actually do something about it.